Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn, and it is Sunday morning. Actually, it's Sunday afternoon at the moment, and it's very dreary and cold here in my land. But um, I will be heading over to San Jose later today. Well, actually, in just a couple hours to go see a concert with my daughter. We're going to go see Duran Duran. And actually, the weather's not any better over there, unfortunately. I was hoping it would be a little bit warmer, more like balmy evening weather over the hill. But it's not, unfortunately. So sweatshirts for us. I was looking through my old stuff, trying to find uh, pictures from my magazines back in the day, my Duran Duran magazines, because I wanted to post them on my Instagram story, but I don't, I didn't, I used to have them. I had posters from my room when I was like 15, 16, but I got rid of all of them. And I only kept a select few of Def Leppard pictures from like Parade, Hit Parader and uh, Circus Magazine and stuff. I don't know. I think the Duran Duran came from, um, like Bop, is that what the name of the, I don't remember, like there was a bunch of like teenage magazines back then, who looks at magazines anymore, I don't know, I don't, Um, so anyways, yeah, I just wanted to get up, do a podcast before I headed on out the door with my daughter Ryan for the evening, Um, speaking of Duran Duran, and I will report next week about the concert, I am looking forward to it, Um, I thought, you know how you like have song lyrics in your head and you're never really sure if they're right? Well, I know for sure they weren't right because I don't even, I was just saying like words that didn't even make sense when I sing Hungry, Hungry Like the Wolf. So I thought I'm going to look up the lyrics for Hungry Like the Wolf. And um, you won't believe, like, I don't think any of us are saying the lyrics correctly. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's start from the top. I mean, I think we know some of it. I'm hungry like the wolf. And... Um, in touch with the ground. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Yeah, I think we all get that. But there's some weird ass lyrics that I don't even know what it means. So here, here they go. Okay. Darken the city. Night is a wire. Okay, I never knew that. Steam in the subway. Earth is a fire. Do, 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 do. Women, you want me. Give me a sign. And catch me breathing even closer behind. Okay, I think I knew that. In touch with the ground. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Smell like I sound. I'm lost in a crowd. I knew that. And I'm hungry like the wolf. Straddle the line. Okay, are you ready for this? In discord and rhyme. What? What? What the hell is discord and rhyme? Am I missing out on something that I've never known my whole life? Straddle the line in discord and rhyme. What? Never. I don't even know what I was saying when I sang that part. Um, I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Mouth is alive with juices like wine. Maybe you guys all knew that. I, I think I might have said something close to that, but I know I didn't know those words specifically. Then I'm hungry, hungry like the wolf. Stalked in the forest, too close to hide. I'll be upon you in the moonlight side. No, I didn't know that. Uh... High blood drumming on your skin. It's so tight. You feel my heat. I'm just a moment behind. I think I knew the moment behind part. In touch with the ground. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. A scent and a sound. I'm lost and I'm found and I'm hungry like the wolf. Strut again. Strut on the line. I'm discord and rhyme. I howl and I whine. I'm after you. Mouth is alive. All running inside and I'm hungry like the wolf. Uh, And then there's burning the ground. I break from the crowd. I knew the break from the crowd part. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. I smell like I sound. I never knew that. 
I'm lost and I'm found. I knew that. And I'm hungry like the wolf. Um, yeah, the strut on a line. I don't even, I still don't know what that means. Yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Um, but that's it. Like, uh, and I'm going to try to remember these lyrics. So when I sing it at the concert, I'm actually singing the right words. Do you guys do that ever? Like prior to the concert, try to make sure that you know the words to the song because you want to sing along with the singer and have it correct instead of like the gibberish that you say typically, you know, so there's a few other songs I want to check out before um, we actually head in. I might even do that like at dinner. Just look at the lyrics of all the songs and make sure I have them right. Okay, um, my son is 6'7". I know this is just miscellaneous stuff, but my son is 6'7". What the hell? He went in for a physical for football um, this last week. I mean, I know he's tall. We knew he was going to be tall. Like, this was not a shock or anything. But there's something about 6'7 that feels really different from 6'5 and 6'6. Because we always kind of knew the 6'5 and 6'6 would happen because his dad was that height. I don't think Chris actually ever hit 6'6. He'll say that he did, but I think 6'5 was his tallest. Um, but like Owen is the tallest in the entire family. Well, there's some distant cousins that might be about 6'10. Those are my ex-husband's, um, like second cousins, I think. They might, were they second? Yeah, second cousins. They might be about 6'10. These are like dairy farmers, the, the Swedish, or there's, there's, uh, there's, there's, can I say that a few more times? They're, um, I'm just going to say Czechoslovakian. Hello. No, they're, uh, Scandinavian, like background basically. So yeah, the tall people, but anyways, you know, Owen and I are watching a bunch of basketball and it's just like, dude, you're like as tall as that player or you're taller than that player. Or, oh my God. You're like one inch below. I think like LeBron and is like six, eight. It's like, dude, you could stand there and have a conversation with LeBron and you'd be like eye to eye. Like that's insane. So yeah, it was crazy. I filmed it and it was funny because the MA was so tiny. She was probably under five feet and she said, I'm going to have to ask for your assistance if you can um, please like put the thing flat down on your head once I, she couldn't even bring it down. It was too high up. So, and she said, yes, you're she just said it as if it was nothing. You're six, seven. I'm like, what? Oh my God. So I did a TikTok of Owen's transformation because he has had a glow up um, in the last couple years. He was 30 pounds heavier and six inches shorter. So crazy enough, although he's grown six inches, he's actually lost 30 pounds in two years um, just from all the activity from sports and, and all of that. And I'm sure just metabolism and testosterone and all that stuff. So um, it's, yeah, it's crazy to see. So yeah, I did like a um, before and after on my TikTok and put it on my Instagram story. And I'm just really excited for him to get started on varsity this year, basketball and football. I think I've talked about that before. Speaking of basketball, last night we were watching the Celtics versus the Heat. It's the Eastern Conference at the moment. And so we've been waiting for them to finish their games because we want to see who the winner is so they can play the Nuggets because, you know, I don't know, I think I've talked about it on here that I really like Jokic, this guy who came from um, Slovakia. He was a chubby kid. Like, I'm sure he never imagined in a million years he'd be playing basketball in the United States. And he's so loved and he's he's an amazing player. He's not like the most athletic looking guy. He's not, you know, there's not like defined muscles like shoulder and biceps and stuff but he's athletic and he is a team player and he's not like, it's not all about him. It's about the team. It's the team. It's the team. And he's, you know, he assists, he does rebounds. He makes his own baskets. Um, he's humble. He's just, you know, he's not, he doesn't have that. What a lot of American players have is like this, like attitude. You know, I think he's just a family man and he's happy to play basketball. I just, I love everything about this guy. So it's made me a Denver Nuggets fan. 
Um, I, I guess, yeah, I like the Warriors, but I'm really, really digging uh, Jokic. So anyways, um, and his name is um, Nicola. I want to say Nicola, but they say Nicola. I'm still not saying it right. It's like Nicola. Yeah, and I think that's right. Nicola. Nicola uh, Jokic. Um, so anyways, we're waiting to see who's going to play the Nuggets. So it's the Heat versus the Boston Celtics. So it's the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. So the first three games, Miami Heat win three in a row, right? It has to be four because it's out of seven if it goes that far, right? So if you win four games, you're in, right? So they win three. The next game they lose to Boston. Boston now has one. They have three. Then Boston wins again. Oh my God. Never in the history of basketball has any team ever came up from a 3-0 loss and won the conference. Okay. So last night is game six. Okay. And again, Miami has three wins. They're playing in Miami. This is like, obviously they're probably going to win there because the energy is there for their team. Right. And it gets down to the last two effing seconds of the game. And I can't remember the score exactly, but I do know that uh, Miami was down by two. It was like a hundred and let's say 106 to 108. Okay. Something like that. And Boston had 108 and Miami had not had the lead only twice in the game. So Boston was le leading the whole time. Boston, if they won this, um, it would be, let's see, they would have, it would be a three, three win three, three to each. So it'd be equal, right? So they'd go on to like a seventh game. Okay. So, but if, Miami wins right now and they're in Miami, that's it. It's over. They've won the conference, right? They're two seconds from winning the whole conference. And again, there's part of me that wants Boston to win because I want to see them come back and be the first team ever to come back from a 3-0 loss and win the conference. Like it's kind of exciting on both sides. So they get to this guy, Jimmy Butler, who is oh gosh, so good looking. He, he, well, apparently people think that he might be Michael Jordan's son because he, apparently he doesn't know who his dad is and they've done side-by-side -side comparisons. And this guy, Jimmy Butler looks, he does look like Michael Jordan. Like it's weird, but he also looks like Jamie Foxx. Like he's a very handsome dude. Like he's the dude you're watching the whole time. Cause he's freaking good looking. So funny. He's got his hair braided in this, like, it's almost like a basket. I don't, I can't explain it. They'd like do these interesting braids with their hair. Like it's almost woven like a football, like two footballs on top. Or anyways, I said something to Owen about like a couple of the guys had that on the team. And he said, Oh yeah, Jimmy Butler's uh, mom does his hair before every game. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, no, <laughs> like, I believe everything Owen tells me. So Jimmy Butler gets fouled trying to make a three point shot. So they allow him to give, get three three free throws at the line, you know, because he was going for a three pointer. So he gets to try three times. The first shot, he makes it. Now they're one behind. The second shot, he makes it. Now they're tied. They might go into overtime, right? Remember there's 2.1 seconds left in the game. So there's going to be one more play after this and that's it. The third shot goes in. He makes all three free throws. And like I said, he's kind of the star of the, the team and he hasn't been scoring as high as he normally does. So I was like on pins and needles, Owen and I were literally screaming. We we're jumping up and down with every shot he made. Miami was going crazy. And it was like, this is it. They are now ahead by one point. They could win the conference now, but they have the, there's two seconds left on the clock, right? So they've got to go through this. So the ball is, they start dribbling, right? Or whatever they, whatever. Okay. They start, they start the play. <laughs> They're on the Celtics offensive side. 
And this is not good because this is, you know, giving Boston the opportunity to make one basket and win the whole thing. They make this very quick transition with one of the players. He brings it up to the basket. He shoots it. It hits the rim. It starts to come out. Another Boston player jumps up above the rim, taps the ball right immediately, immediately after he touched the ball, the backboard shows a red light and the buzzer rings. Okay. Do you understand what is happening here? The buzzer is ringing while the ball is midair, but it's just right above the basket. It goes in. It goes in and Boston wins. Unbelievable. Like you couldn't write a script like this. Sports, like things like this that happen with timing are so unreal. It was unreal. Of course, everybody in Miami was just, they were stunned because they thought they just won. It was just crazy timing because like literally if he had been touching the ball at the moment that the buzzer went off, I don't think that basket would have counted, but it was, it had just, just gone away from his hand and it was floating in the air right above the basket. The lights all went red, the buzzer went off and the ball went in. Unbelievable, un-effing believable. So now game seven tomorrow night in Boston. So this is like the worst case scenario for Miami because they've got to try to win. They've already lost the last three games in a row. They're obviously they they're whatever they're not their demeanor, but their um their energy has to be kind of low. Obviously, after three losses in a row, when they had just had three wins in a row, right? And obviously, Boston is on a high because they're going home to play, and they just had this three wins in a row. So the momentum is for Boston for sure, which would be cool because again, they would be the first team to ever come back from a three-zero de deficit and win the conference. So I think Boston will probably win, and they will play against Denver. And I just can't wait. I'm so excited to watch. Okay, so there's that. Um, I was at my daughter's house yesterday, and I, if you guys are on my Instagram story, you know that she has a cat named Ozzy that we rescued from my neighborhood, and he's her cat now. He's been fixed, and he's got his chip, and he's Joey's cat, but he's a freaking mean. He's mean. I've never been a cat around a cat so mean. So Ozzy's got the thing where he's really affectionate when he wants to be. You literally can't touch him because he'll just turn and bite you. So um, I, I know this about him, right? And I want him to love me so much. I do. I want him to love me the way he loves Joey because he'll, he'll rub up against Joey for like, you know, a half an hour, like rub his head all over her. Like he'll jump on the back of her head and rub his face on her head. Like he loves her. So I, I get there and he does his typical, he greets you at the door, like he right away, like this cat is somewhat like a dog. So I let him do a sniffing. I don't reach out and pet him. But then of course, when he turns around, I pick him up um, because I want to hold him because he feels good. Um, he's a real solid, like strong cat, definitely a tomboy type cat. So I pick him up. I have him laying in my arm like a tree, like a, like on a tree, tree trunk. Right. So I've got him faced away from me. I've got his chest underneath my hand and he's twisting around trying to bite me. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put you down. So I put him down on Joey's bed. Joey's in bed under her covers. He looks at me and in the eye, I'm standing up. He's on the bed below me, looks at me in the eye and cries, jumps on the floor and attacks my bare foot. I had flip-flops on. He gouged my foot with not his claws, his teeth. 
I, I have a legit cat bite wound on my foot, on the top of my foot. He bit me so hard. I mean, it, it like kind of like sliced sideways and then on the top part and then the bottom part is just like a puncture. Um, I mean, it hurt. It hurts my feelings more than anything. I don't know why Ozzy has to be such a dick to me, but it's like, dude, how did, how did he like see my face, look up at me and then jump to the ground and understand that my bare foot sticking out through my pants is connected to that face that he just like looked at. How does he get that? Maybe it's because it's smell. Maybe they smell and they know. I don't know, but God, so mean. He's so mean. I'm like, I love cats so much and I will always try to make him try to love me. You know, even if it means I don't even touch him, but I... I just, I don't get it. I've never seen a cat so aggressive, but also, you know, he's not feral. He's super sweet to Joey and Ryan. I mean, I know he scratches them too at times, but like, he's not hiding. He's not scared. It's not that kind of thing. He's just a dick. Like, I don't get it. Okay. Um, oh, I had a funny story about this dad at the elementary school that I work at. So there's a dad in the morning, um, that, brings his two young sons in. And I've, you know, of course I've been checking for a wedding ring. Um, he's, I, I thought he was sort of like maybe half white, half Japanese. There's something else going on or like maybe half white, half Hispanic. Like I can't tell, but there's something else going on for sure. He's not just all white, but very handsome. And, you know, he's younger than me. He's probably, you know, late thirties or something, but he's in the cafeteria most mornings with his sons. And I've just been like, I've seen him for the last two and a half months and just think he's really cute, but I've never thought of saying anything to him. But then all of a sudden, one day it hits me. I'm like, oh my God, he looks like freaking Johnny Depp and he, like the younger Johnny Depp. And he even has like the little mustache, a little, you know, kind. I think it's sort of a goatee, but it just looks like almost like a little mustache. Um, the same, like longer hair on top like dead ass Johnny Depp. And I put, I, I literally took a video of him. So I, I'm trying to pretend in the cafeteria that I'm looking at my phone and like, I'm typing, you know, like texting away, but I'm actually lifting my phone up and filming him so that I could get a screenshot of him and show my close friends on my close friend story. And I did a side by side comparison with Johnny Depp and everybody's like, totally it's him looks just like him or not it's him but it looks just like him and someone even said Colin Farrell too and uh, Mary definitely Colin Farrell also so um but yeah really good looking guy so I decide what the hell I tell the ladies that I'm working with like there's this that you know that daddy looks like Johnny Depp and they're like oh Miss Jen you're so funny you're always checking out the boys I want my shirt to be in view here. Um, and um, so I hope you guys can figure this out. Don't be so NACL. Please know what that means. Um, so anyways, I, uh, I, I'm I leaving my job the other day. It's the end of the day. And he's walking in from the parking lot to get his sons. And we do this happens a lot where we will pass each other in the parking lot. And I see him coming. I'm like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to tell him because it's like the most flattering thing to tell somebody, right? I mean, wouldn't if you're a dude, want to be told that you look like Johnny Depp. So he's coming towards me and I, I point at him and all of a sudden I completely like is gone from my mind. The name Johnny Depp. I can't think of it. I'm like, Oh my God, I've seen him in my head, but I can't think of his name. So I'm pointing at the guy as I'm walking towards him. He's looking at me like what? And then just as we're about to pass, I say, Johnny Depp. And he looks at me like, huh? And I said, you look like Johnny Depp. Don't people tell you that you look like Johnny Depp? He shrugs his shoulders and he goes, uh, 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 no. And he turns around and walks away. 
I was mortified. I'm like, wow, uh, <laughs> that fell flat. <laughs> so um, I am now like completely avoiding eye contact with him. You know, and then I thought later, I'm like, maybe, maybe he thought I meant today's Johnny Depp. But like, really, how could you not know what I meant? Like, how could no one have ever told this guy that he looks like Johnny Depp? I don't get it. He looks, he looks just like him. Whatever. Um, I tried. So it's, you know, you only live once, whatever. Um, okay. Let's get into it where we were 20 minutes in and I've got some fun stuff to share. Oh, a shout out to Stephanie Anderson who, um, wrote to me on my Instagram and said that she enjoys my podcast and that, um, I think she told me that she had been with someone that ended up positive. She know, and she was one that always had her partners tested. And for some reason, I don't know what happened. This guy ended up positive. Um, and finally admitted that he got it from a man. It's that kind of thing. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe that was somebody else this morning. But that things don't add up, you know, which is typically the case. Anyways, um, and Stephanie, I just wanted to say hi to you and thanks for reaching out. And um, uh, let's see what else, what else? There was a YouTube comment. I'll just handle this one really quick about how did I deal with my diagnosis in the beginning? Um, I was, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot. I just was so sick that I just needed to get better each day. So it was like, honestly, the whole, it was so overwhelming. It was so effing overwhelming, just being sick and knowing what was causing it and trying to put all the puzzle pieces together. Um, I really don't know how I got through it to tell you in the beginning because I was, I was sick. So it was just trying to get better day by day and focus on, you know, those little achievements as I got better with each day, you know, going and meeting my HIV doctor for the first time, hearing those words, this will be a distant memory, things like that helped me get through it. Um, but, and then as far as the stigma, I of course was like, didn't want this attached to me in any way because it's like, you never want to hear that that's part of you now, of course. But, um, part of me also didn't want to hide and, and be afraid for anybody to know what this is because I was finding out a lot of information about it that I didn't know prior. And I thought it was really important that people understood about the medication and all that, and that you can live a normal life and there's totally treatment today. And you can come back from an AIDS diagnosis and still live a totally normal life and become undetectable. And, and then eventually, you know, finding out that you can't transmit it when you're undetectable. And, you know, it just became like, wow, this is a completely manageable thing. So I think it was having my family know about it and a lot of support, obviously from friends and family, um, and just getting better and just seeing that I was feeling normal again and going, okay, this is what she meant. Like I am going to be okay and I'm going to be normal and healthy. And I know Eric who had given it to me, um, he was living a normal life. And he said, I remember him telling me that too, like, Jen, don't worry. Like you're going to get, nor you're going to be normal again. You're going to feel fine again. Like this will all go away. And it was, it's hard to believe that in the moment, um, when you're really sick, but I held on to those words as tightly as I could. But this person says, I think they said that they hadn't really been sick, but they're just freaking out constantly thinking that they're going to be sick. And so like that, I don't know. I think there's something about getting sick and getting better that helps you wrap your brain around the medication and what it's doing versus someone who's never been sick and being afraid that you will fall into an illness, um, at some point or like your CD4 count will drop and all of a sudden you'll end up really, really sick. Like I can understand those fears if you've never been sick from the get go, cause you think like something's going to happen 
and you know you'll, you'll miss a pill and all of a sudden you'll, you'll be sick which doesn't happen but like I understand like that worry but I came from a, d a different place because I was so sick and I saw the medication how it worked firsthand because I was getting better each day so um and then to continue constantly being being normal having the flu having COVID having colds seeing that I'm not any different than I ever was knowing that the virus is so suppressed that it's not doing anything um, because of the medication I just there's no um I don't think about it at all it's, there's nothing to be stressing out about so so I don't um Oh, one little thing before I get into the to the boys um, and my my <laughs> my title, um, Joe Squared. Um, so I, when I was little, we lived in a we lived in a, a development of condos after my parents' divorce, and I've always been. I think I've been, maybe every kid's like this, a little bit of an entrepreneur. I wanted to make money. And so I decided to have my own little garage sale at, in one of our, we had a carport. We didn't actually have a garage. So we had a carport. So I had my mom was gone for work. I think there was a girl that I, well, there was, there was a girl I played with there named Catherine. I think her mom kind of watched me during the day sometimes. Anyways, I decided to have a, a carport sale with my toys, the ones that I just decided I was done with. And Barbies were one of them. I decided I could probably make some money off these Barbies and I'm not going to need these forever. I'm, I'm getting older. I mean, so sad. I was probably literally like nine <laughs> when I did this around because I think we moved there when I was seven. I could have even been eight. I don't even know, but probably like eight or nine. So I thought I put prices on everything. I had some games and I had some Barbies and I had stuffed animals and I sat and this is the saddest, most pitiful story. So I had um, all my stuff set out like on a blanket and, you know, there's probably like car oil underneath the blanket. My mom drove a, I'll never forget that she drove a Brat, a, I think it was a Subaru Brat. Anyways, so the car was gone and I was in the carport and I think I had like a couple little friends hanging out with me or whatever. And there was this really not very nice boy who would come around and I don't remember his name or anything. I just know that he, I just had this, you know, memory of him not being that nice. And he asked if he bought something, could he do whatever he wanted with it? And I, I was like shrugging my shoulders. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess so. Like it's yours once you buy it. Right. So <laughs> he bought, and this is so mean. He bought one of my games. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it had plastic involved in it. It was a, some kind of board game. Um, and he bought a Barbie doll. And he proceeded to destroy the game in front of me. He took it out of the box and he either jumped on it or just broke it apart. He like destroyed it. And I remember feeling sick to my stomach and thinking, I can't even react to this. I'm not, I shouldn't because I basically told him he can do whatever he wants with it. And so I, I didn't, I don't remember if I cried later or not, but of course he took my Barbie and like ripped her to shreds, like, you know, took her arms and legs off and ripped her head off and cut her hair. I like, he was just so mean. <laughs> I didn't know what made me think of this the other day, but I thought I'm going to talk about that on my podcast. So yeah, that was just, uh, why are kids so mean sometimes? Man, who teaches them to do shit like that? I mean, I've never forgotten about that. That was like literally over 40 years ago. Mean, mean, mean. Okay. So let's get into the Joes. Why don't we start with Joe, the most recent Joe? This is um, <laughs> Joe in Berkeley who um, likes monster cocks and um, wears little black bikini underwear. And there was some, oh yeah. And <laughs> I got the, I've got more to the story. Okay. So 
the last time uh, we wrote to each other was whatever I said in the last podcast. And then it had gotten quiet. Um, there was I didn't think I'd ever hear from him again. And then all of a sudden he writes to me one night and he says, hi. And I just decided I'm not saying anything. And it felt so good. And I didn't. And I went to bed that night. I just ignored him because I decided he's an idiot. So I'm not going to talk to him. But then a couple days later, I woke up in the middle of the night because of something else. And I just couldn't sleep. So I thought, I'm just going to write to him because I know he's weird and like, like responds to messages like, or he writes like really early in the morning because I don't think he's in the same time zone, right? I, something's up with this guy. So I write to him and I say, hey, you up? I can't sleep. And then he writes to me like an hour later and he says, hi. And then he puts boo. And so I say, what happened to you? You never told me. Remember, this is about the job. Remember? Oh, that's right. The last thing you said was the teary. Um, that's right. That was the last thing he was going to have. He was about, he was on the verge of a teary breakdown. And I said, and he said, can I talk to you later about it? And I said, sure, with a heart. Well, then I had not heard from him anymore after that, except for like four days later when he wrote hi, and then I ignored him. So now we're okay. So it's 553 in the morning. I say, what happened to you? You never told me. And he said, I thought I was going to lose my job. Looks like it isn't going to happen now. How are, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And then I say, I went to Berkeley last Thursday. Because remember that date was supposed to happen, but he never followed through on anything because he had all this other drama happening with his job. I'm putting my bunny ears quotes. Um, and so he's his reply to me saying... Um, uh, I went to Berkeley last Thursday. He says, WTF. That's his response. And I said, I start to write back like, well, you never even said anything about it. Like you knew I was coming there. Like we could have met. I was going to start typing that. And then he says, are you just writing to me to give me shit? And so I start to like text what I want to say. And he calls me. I'm like, hello. And he's like, Hey, he goes, God, he goes, okay, number one. And then he goes, no, I'm just kidding. He's like, and so, cause I really thought he was going to start yelling at me. And he says, um, <laughs> he starts, um, telling me that, uh, you know, he goes, no, how are you or whatever. And, um, so he tells me, yeah, he was going to lose his job, whatever. And he, and, and he says, yeah, I'm really sorry about the whole like Berkeley thing or whatever. He goes, but I like really do like you. And I really do want to meet you. And he says something super corny. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, if it was like a lyric or something. And he said, well, it's like an ode to our love. And I said, our love? Like, what? I said, are you serious? Like, come on. So I give, you know what I tell him? I said, dude, I said, you are so, I said, do not turn this on me. Like, everything about you is super sketch. I said, first of all, you didn't show me your body during that FaceTime. Like, what's up? Why wouldn't you show it to me? I said, that's not you in that picture with the black underwear. I said, I know it's not. He goes, okay, whatever. Okay. So like, clearly, obviously it's not him. And I said, you know, and you wouldn't show me what you look like. So clearly you're not in the shape you say you're in. And he just keeps saying, yeah, you're right. Whatever you say, which is obviously somebody who's not telling the truth. And so, um, I say to him, he says he's annoyed with the fact that I'm kind of like giving him a hard time. And he goes, God, it would just be so much easier if I was gay. And I say, based on that photo, you probably are the bikini underwear photo. And he laughs and he goes, well, no, I can't be gay because I have like a really bad gag reflex. I can't give head. I'm like, what? 
that is the weirdest thing for a straight guy to say. So he says, no, no, I mean, I like, not that I ever have. He goes, just like, but if like I brush my teeth and stuff, like I can't like brush my teeth far back because I'll start gagging. And I'm like, oh my God, now I've heard it all. So anyways, I keep kind of giving him subtle shit and he finally just can't take it anymore. He goes, okay, well, I'm going to go now. I need to go. And I said, all right, have a good one. Bye. And that was the end of that. Um, he did update his Instagram profile picture. And I'll tell you, it looks nothing like the pictures that he posted on his Tinder. Literally, those pictures on Tinder were 10 years ago. He has gained weight since then. He just doesn't look like the same fresh-faced, fresh-faced, young man, I should say, because not boy. But like, you know, he was probably in his, I'd say he's probably about 34 in those pictures. And he's clearly 10 years older. He's like 44, for sure. And he's heavier too. Like the picture that was on Instagram is definitely different than what's on Tinder. So anyways, very funny. Uh, follow up to this is that my friend, Jamie, who I dated, um, in 2014, while I had HIV, but did not know it, who I never used condoms with. Hey, shout out Jamie. We were together for about five or six months. Um, and Jamie is now married to a lovely woman. Um, but he writes to me, which is funny. So Jamie, um, Jamie's the funniest guy. Like I wish, I wish I had his profile from plenty of fish or wh wherever it was that we first connected. And Jamie, if you ever are able to find what you had on there in any way, please send it to me because it was hysterical. It had something to do with tickling and something to do with your mom and blowjobs. I have, I can't remember, but God, it was so funny. And that was what made me want to talk to this guy. Plus he had such a, you know, he had the puppy dog eyes, you know, Jamie, you had, you looked like, and I was totally into um, Breaking Bad at the time. And he looked like the guy from Breaking Bad, the younger one, Jesse. So I was like, all kind of like into that show at the time. And then I'm like, yeah, so that was like what drew me to Jamie initially. So anyways, but Jamie, Jamie and I have stayed friends, obviously. Um, here we are like nine years later, and we're still friends. So he writes to me and he says, Yo, Jenny, how's everything with you? Just wanted to check in. Plus, I have a confession. Not sure if you're the right person to tell dot dot dot. And I'm like, what is he going to tell me? Like, I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, honestly, kind of like nervous to even write to him. Like, is he going to tell me that he got HIV from me? Like all these things ran through my head. I was like worried about like his marriage. I'm like, oh my God, what is he going to tell me? I said, I'm great. What's the confession? Did you kill someone? Just kidding. But seriously, what's up? And he writes, I love you, Jamie. You're so funny. He writes, I, I just... I love monster cock porn. Are you judging me? Seriously, tell me. I'm on the verge of a teary breakdown. <laughs> he says, but I'll be honest for a second. I probably listened to three hours of your podcast last night. Oh, I don't have the other part of it. Damn, I thought I printed out all the parts of this. Um, anyways, I just wrote back. I, he That just made me laugh so hard because I didn't realize he was listening to my podcast. And he just says that his cell signal is weak. And... Um, it's not keeping up with his messages, but they'll send eventually. Yeah, you're such a great storyteller. You think the Boston Marathon bomber was captivating. I was hooked right into your potential basement attack in the hoarding house with the body armor and stack of highway mattresses. <laughs> he goes, I think your dating accounts could be a Netflix series, exclamation point. <laughs> I mean, right? It's been a little crazy. So anyways, I just love that from Jamie. Jamie, you're the best. Um, yeah, Jamie's just the best. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Let's move on. Um, okay, so there was a Joe that I was kind of going on about that I was excited to meet over the hill that I'd met prior to um, through Tinder like a year ago, and I couldn't really remember why we didn't hang out anymore, although we had made out. I didn't let it go any further, and I kind of checked out and went home. Um, but we reconnected on Tinder and he was, we were just having great conversation for the last month. So I finally was able to meet with him like on Monday, I really made it happen and I wanted to go see him. So the Lakers were playing the Nuggets and we were going to go meet at a bar and, um, watch the game together. So I was really excited, but again, there was that little thing nagging me that I didn't remember why I wasn't into him. I couldn't remember what it was that just wasn't for me. And I'm like basing everything again on these pictures that I'm seeing on Tinder. Again, these are the same pictures he had up a year ago on Tinder. So, you know, they're, they I'll just say they weren't completely accurate. So I get in the bar and I immediately remember it's the body type that's not for me. He's kind of well, he definitely has a tummy. Um, he's got like a bigger butt, like sort of shaped like a pear, um, thick legs kind of, I don't know. God, it sounds terrible. He does not know anything about my advocacy, so he'll never, ever hear this. Um, but I immediately was not that attracted to him in person. And there was something about the way that he talked. I didn't just, I can't explain it. It's just the enunciation of words, the way the tongue works again with words in the mouth. I just, I don't know. It just, I didn't like the way he talked. I don't know what it was. And I can't really even tell you what it sounded like. It didn't sound gay or anything like that. I don't know. I just didn't like the way he talked. Um, so we sat there for a grueling two hours watching the Lakers and the Nuggets, which was fun. I mean, I, we both liked watching basketball. That was really fun. But I was like facing the TV. He was sort of sitting to the side to me behind me facing the TV um, during all of our conversations, which again, always end up talking about like hiking and like his love of hiking. And, you know, we, I think we actually repeated stories that we talked about a year ago Um I just didn't sense anything romantic and I didn't have this urge to like get near him or touch him or kiss him. And we'd had a drink and I was feeling a little good from the drink, but I still didn't feel it. He also was doing nothing to show me anything. Like he kept his hands folded in his lap the whole time. Um, he had a backwards baseball hat, which I don't know. I just felt like he could have had like the hat off for, you know, hanging out with me. It just felt like a little, it just, it felt a little white trash to have a white, uh, have a backwards baseball hat on. I don't know. I would rather have seen his hair, but it didn't really matter anyway. So I say like when the game ends and there's like hardly anybody in the bar, I'm like, you know, I should probably go. I've got to get back home. It was a 45 minute drive over there and it's going to be 45 minutes to drive back. And you know, that was just a lot of driving and me realizing like we don't live close enough to each other for this to even turn into anything. It doesn't make sense, even though he has his own place and I'm not, I'm just like, it wasn't there that it's either there or it's not. I was not physically attracted to him. Um, facially either just anything. I don't know. There just wasn't that spark. And I felt really bad cause I had really pushed wanting to see him again. So he walks me to my car and I give him a hug. I say, good night. Thank you. And I just think, oh my God, he totally knows. Like he obviously knows I'm not into him. He didn't. He wrote back the next day and said, I had a really great time. I hope you had fun. Joked about something about seeing each other again. And I was like, oh no, oh, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. So I kind of had to break it to him that 
I think you're afraid of me. Like I kind of like I put it that way. And I think he was he's super, super polite and kind and how he explains things. And he said, no, I don't know why you would think that I'm afraid of you. I just didn't feel like there was an opportunity to like he said something like if I had taken you home, I would have thrown you around my bedroom like or my bed or whatever. Like I wish I had had that opportunity. And I was like, I don't think that he has that in him at all. But Anyways, he just said that um, he didn't feel like it was appropriate to like make a move on me at the bar or outside on the sidewalk near my car because it was still light out. And I I understand all that. He goes, but thinking back in retrospect, he said I should have insisted that we went to my place at the beginning of the game. But like, honestly, I probably would have said no anyway. So everything happened the way I'm glad it happened, honestly. But and I kind of just I don't know. We just it's sort of the conversation just sort of fizzled out. I think he got the the clue or the hint that I just wasn't totally into it. I tried to be really careful about how I said it because I didn't want to like reject him twice, which is literally what I was doing. And it, it felt bad and it's not easy. Dating's not easy. So, um, yeah, so that's that. So that's the, uh, that's one Joe. And then there's another Joe that I'm talking to. There isn't much to say about him other than that we've like shared a bunch of pictures. He has a son. He doesn't have a place to go as far as like us meeting. If we wanted to meet, he's like 35, I think. He's from Arkansas. So funny of all places, but he's really like, I always, I told him, I said, I hate to tell you about the, the, the perception of people in Arkansas from living in California is we think they're sort of dumb as dirt and are married to their sisters or would have sex with their sisters something like that. And he says, well, we may be dumb as dirt. He goes, but we don't marry our sisters. He said, we fuck them and we marry our cousins, which was really funny. (laughs) I'm like, so anyways, I haven't met him yet. I don't know. It's kind of quiet at the moment and I don't know, but literally there was like three Joes in one week. Like, and there was, there is actually another one on my Instagram, but it's not even worth talking about, but yeah, there's a lot of freaking Joes. So, and then I want to end this with with a man that I had spoken to from Berkeley, another Berkeley man. And I was thinking he was the third Joe, but no, his name was Eric. Of course, of the names I try to avoid, he happened to be named Eric. So he's got a lot of very smiley pictures on Tinder, like almost like, are these real? Like they look like selfies, like they look like he held the camera up, but he's big smile, teethy smile in every picture, which isn't, I would say most guys don't show their teeth. So that to me seemed almost like, like, almost like more like they were model pictures or something. I don't know. They just seemed, they didn't, and like ones in a sports car with, you know, super nice leather seats, like red and black leather seats. I mean, I don't know. Like he has a blue check, so he's verified, but I think that you can somehow figure out these blue checks and not have it. Like, I'm just saying, I'm not sure it was the guy I was actually talking to, but it could be. So in general, a good looking guy, but funny thing, when I saw his pictures, I envisioned right away that he was a radio announcer just because of the way he looked. There was something about him that looked like a radio guy. And it's funny because in my Tinder profile, I have a little microphone as an emoji on there along with like animal stuff and like sports that I like. But I put the microphone on there to either show that I like podcasts or that I have one. But I've never I don't I don't expound on that in my Tinder profile. So he asked about it. He asked about that. And I thought, hmm. I think I'll just tell him. I'll tell him that I have a podcast. So I did. I told this guy that I had a podcast. And I'm thinking, you know what? This guy's all the way in Berkeley. Like, nothing's going to come of this. Doesn't really matter. So he's pretty insistent. And I'm not giving him much. So I finally tell him after a couple days of the banter back and forth. um, And I still haven't told him. He doesn't know anything about my podcast. Just knows that I have one. I say that, you know what? 
I don't mean to be like, cause he's trying to figure out a time, a place and time for us to meet. It's like, it's just too much for me. Like we don't live near each other. Like it's two hours away and I'm feeling like a little pressured to like commit to him or just tell him it's not going to work. So I tell him it's not going to work. Like, I'm really sorry. You're a nice guy, but we live so far apart. Like this isn't realistic and, but uh, good luck to you, you know? And he writes to me and he says, oof, like that's like a gut punch. And he says, I really appreciate you being honest, but like, you're the top of my list of all the women I'm talking to. Like, what would it take to get you to just meet with me once? You know, and I said something like, we don't even live near each other. And he goes, laugh out loud. What do I tell my agent is the radius that I need to live with you, live from you in order for you to be interested. And I said 10 miles and I put a laughing face and then he just put the sweating emoji. So anyways, it got us to, uh, oh, and by the way, when I was there that night in Berkeley, um, the other Joe that I, the, you know, the one Joe that I didn't meet with, I had told this Eric that I was going to be in Berkeley and that I was going to be watching the game either in my car or at a bar. And I kind of gave him a long explanation. Like I'll be driving out with my daughter. She's going to the show. I'll either be in my car watching the game or I'll be watching it at a bar in Berkeley. Like hint, hint, I'm going to be like near you. And he just wrote, that sounds like fun. So because he didn't like try to make a plan with me. And he just said, that sounds like fun. I let it go. Cause I thought he should have done a little more. And so I, and you know, by the time I got to Berkeley, I honestly didn't feel like having a date with anybody. I was fine being in my car and then going to Trader Joe's and finding some food going back in my car and just chilling until Joey was done with her, with her thing. I really didn't want to go to a bar and drink and like do the whole brand new, like meeting somebody thing. It's exhausting. So I was fine anyways. But so I told him that I had been in Berkeley and maybe there was a miscommunication about like me being there, but I didn't know if he wanted to meet. And he goes, no, I absolutely did want to meet you. And he goes, I'm really sorry about that miscommunication. And then, it, then I kind of like did the whole thing. Like, yeah, this isn't like, what are we doing here? Like, this is stupid. So anyways, so we keep talking because I don't know, because he seemed kind of nice and funny. And then I said, you know what? Oh yeah. He asked about my podcast again. Do you have guests on? Oh, I told him it was about dating on Tinder. I said, it's about online dating. And he goes, oh my God, that sounds so interesting. So he asked me again about my podcast. He's keeping this conversation going and he wants to know more about it. And he says, you know, is it possible to be a guest? Do you have guests on your podcast? Do you do it by yourself? Do you do it with somebody else? So you know what I do? I just send him the freaking link. I send him the link to my podcast. So there you go. Now you know all about me, right? And I wait. I send it to him in the morning. I wait all day. And I'm waiting, honestly, to see that he's going to unmatch me because I'm sure he will. And hi, if you're listening to this, because you knew I'd talk about you. So anyways, um, I'm waiting for the unmatch. Nope. That night, he sends me a message. What's the first thing he writes? You're not going to believe this. You're not going to freaking believe this. He puts you equals you. That's the first thing he writes. I'm like, wow, wow. The next thing he writes, I think you have an amazing voice and puts like the heart emoji with the hearts all around the face. You know, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is so awesome because typically you don't want anyone to know obviously about the diagnosis and you don't want them to know about the podcast. Like you're talking about other people you've dated and all that. So, um, and he says, um, and I love the way you say my name. So I must have mentioned one of my past Eric's because there's several of them. So he heard me say the name Eric. And then I thought, huh. And he's got flags of like Norway on his Tinder and a couple other flags. I didn't look up to see where they were from. So I thought, oh, he's probably from Norway. So maybe my American accent saying Eric is interesting to him. I don't know. So 
I say to him, wow, you listened. I gave him the clapping emoji. Thank you so much for taking the time. And he goes, I'm going to listen more. And I said, that's awesome. So anyways, the next morning I decide I'm just going to give him my phone number. Like, why do this? Like, why not? Like this guy. And he said, he says, you're the real deal. That's another thing you wrote. You're the real deal. So now I'm like, like, maybe this is worth pursuing. Like this guy good looking. He's my age. He knows all about me. I don't even have to explain anything. He's thinks I'm amazing. Like, yeah, like this is worth something. This is worth meeting him. Right. So the next morning I send him my phone number and I say, just to make it easier, because he had originally said, maybe we should exchange phone numbers. And I never let that part happen. I was just like, nah, just stay on Tinder. But now I'm like, of course, I'm going to give him my number. So I give it to him. And I say something about like, um, I don't remember what I said, like, hope you're having a good day. You know, here's my number so we can connect through phones or whatever. I hear nothing from him. Nothing the whole day, not a word. And usually when you give somebody your number, they will write to you within a couple hours at least and say, Hey, thanks for the number. This is my number now. Now we're connected. Da, 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 da. He doesn't. And this was a guy that was so excited about me. Right. So I wait all day. Nothing, nothing. And, um, the next day goes still nothing. So I'm like, okay, I've got to poke the bear. I don't know what's going on. So I write to him and I said, well, I guess you changed your mind. Was it something I said? And I put like the sweating emoji, you know, like, cause what's the explanation here? So he writes back after like an hour and he says, I'm at the doctor's office. I'm really sick. I don't know. I'm like here right now. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'll, I'll write back to you later or something like that. Very dry, very cold, very nothing. So I said, oh, okay. Sorry to hear. Hope you feel better soon. I think that's all I said. Um, and that was it. So I think about three days have gone by since me saying, hope you feel better soon with the heart or whatever. He unmatched me today. <laughs> I'm, it's gone. He's gone. I was going to unmatch him, but I didn't want to be petty, Eric, because I think that's a petty move. So anyways, I didn't, I didn't unmatch him, even though I felt like I should have. So he, he unmatched me and I honestly don't give a shit, but, um, it was a fun story to tell. And thanks for being a part of my podcast. <laughs> Um, and so moving on past uh, these weird men in Berkeley that I want nothing to do with, let's talk about the coach. So the coach I saw um, Thursday night, I didn't even know if it was going to end up happening because he went to a graduation. He sent me a picture of himself in a nice suit with a bouquet of flowers. He was on his way to an eighth grade graduation because, you know, he teaches uh, kids basketball and he's got, um, I think it's mostly boys. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know who the flowers were for. Maybe it was a family friend whose kid was graduating. I'm not even sure. But he's involved with a lot of families and like basically junior high kids. Anyway, um, I did end up going. I did end up going over that night. We had a, a grand old time. Um, yeah, I did tell him at one point. I said, you know, Nathan. Oh, did I just say his name? <laughs> it's okay. It's deep in the podcast. Um, I said, you know, um, when. I'm not with you at times because we don't really communicate. He and I don't really communicate unless I'm coming over. And that this was the 17th time, 17th since January that I've hung out with him in that way, you know, because I'm a girl and I keep track of that shit. Anyways, I said, you know, when I'm not with you, sometimes like I think, what are we doing? What is this? Who, what are we to each other? 
But then when I'm here with you, and of course, while I'm telling them this, we are in each other's arms. It's the afterglow moment. And I said, but when I'm with you, I don't even want to talk about it. Like it, do- it doesn't matter. And that did not inspire him to say anything because that's him. He doesn't talk about what is going on between us. So, but what he did, of course, is hug and kiss me and which is his typical. I mean, he's super, super affectionate. So when I'm with him, I just feel like any of those feelings of like, I don't know what we're doing or whatever. They're just gone because in the moment I just, I know I'm with him and it's all fine. So, um, and again, I don't really know how we'd fit into each other's lives as it is, but when we're together, we have a really nice connection. So it's, it is, it's really nice. Um, what else did I want to say about that? So, um, he asked me if I could, after I left that day, he wrote to me later and he said, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I might have a favor to ask. And he put like a, like, you know, that emoji with the teeth. And I said, um, I said, Moses, laugh out loud. I gotcha. And I give him a thumbs up. So Moses is his dog. And I just knew it, that's what he, cause I, he had mentioned something about the fact that he was going to go to a friend's house this weekend and ride motorcycles. They have property and stuff. And, um, so I, I already kind of knew. And so anyways, he called me and we talked and yeah, he, that was what it was. And I said, of course, no problem. And he said, so here's the thing. He goes, I usually ask my friend to do it and then he'll eventually just make his wife do it as far as like watching Moses and feeding him. Moses has it in and out door so he can go outside and stuff. He's real old. He's like 14 and he, I don't think he can see very much and he doesn't hear well either. He's like a shepherd mix, like a medium sized dog. Um, and so anyways, he said like the wife came over, he was telling me the story and he goes, he goes, so she came over and he goes, I don't know what's going on, but like she went through my stuff and he goes, I had Texas toast in the freezer and like, he goes, she's sort of like a negative Nancy, sort of like a, a real hater. And he said, she's like a nature or a, a nutrition freak. Like she's just, you know, miss fitness. And he said that she, um, found the Texas toast and she has not stopped bringing it up to him. Every time she sees him, she like basically like gives him shit for having this Texas toast in his freezer, which is just a carb with butter. You know, I mean, that's basically what it is. You know, he's a bachelor, you know, and yeah, he has a few LP, LP, LBs to lose. I mean, he knows he told me he's in the worst shape of his life, but he still has the cutest face. He's very handsome. So anyways, and who cares really is fat, like a determining factor on whether you should hang out with somebody not always like for real. I mean, he's not the thinnest guy, but he, he takes such good care of me when I'm there as far as like sexually and like how he treats me. It's like all worth it. He's a, he's a good, nice guy. So, um, from what I can tell from what I know of him at the moment, but anyways, so he said, I really just don't want her in my place. Cause <laughs> he goes, honestly, I'm just over it. Like that whole Texas toast thing. So he asked if I would, and I was laughing about the whole thing. I said, of course I will. So, um, we've been in constant contact because I've been going over twice a day to feed Moses. And as a joke, I bought him some Texas toast and put it in his freezer with a, with a, um, post-it on it with just a smiley face. So he'll find that when he gets home tomorrow. Um, but it's been fun to like connect with him, you know, on a different level. He said, you know, you can hang out at my place, whatever you want to do. Like there is a level of trust that I think is also really nice. So I've been filming, like when I go into his place, like showing him Moses and like, you know, I'm not going to stay and hang out in his place, but I want him to know that like, I'm doing a good job and, and all that. So when he gets home, he'll find the Texas toast. And it was really funny because last night, um, I had filmed Moses or whatever. And I said, Oh, your new couch looks nice or whatever. I'd film that or whatever. And then he just wrote 
you know, help yourself to some Texas toast, which is so funny because he has no idea that I put that in his freezer. So I hope the joke is still funny um, and still holds some kind of funny weight after um, all of the uh, mentions about it. So <laughs> it might not even be funny anymore. But anyways, that is it. I'm going to wrap this up. I've got to get myself ready to go to Duran Duran. I will see you guys next week. Have a good Memorial Day tomorrow or today whenever you're listening to this. And I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hugs and kisses to all of you. Bye-bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.